Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Obsession Podcast. And boy, is this one kind of weird. We talk a lot about Marvel, as we seem to have been doing a lot lately. That and movies. Uh, And then we talk about the Steam Deck. I think there was something at the beginning we talked about, but I don't really remember what it was. Yeah, you went on vacation, and it feels like we both went on vacation from podcast making. But, you know, we're jumping back into it, so give it a listen, and hopefully next week we have our shit together a little bit better. Yeah, we'll be a little bit more even. We'll be back on the cocaine. Hell yeah. Except we're moving next week, so fuck. Oh, fuck. It feels like it has been months since I have actually recorded a podcast, which is ironic because this is the third time we're trying this intro. You know, life happens, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah shit, shit happens. Um, how how was uh, how was your anime thing last week? How'd you feel about it? I thought it was pretty good for uh, for not doing anything like that before. I definitely like. I actually listened to the whole thing um, and have ideas on what I could do in the future. I'd like to keep doing it just because I it was kind of fun to do. I couldn't believe it lasted as long as it did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I could, this might be a half hour. And then it was almost 45 minutes. I went, Jesus Christ. But I think a lot of that was for, as I kind of said, the sheer amount of shows that we had last season. Like, that was fucking crazy. Yeah, well, it certainly made my life easier because I didn't have a whole lot to say that I felt like I could say on my own. But well, yeah, you got to little... take some of those recommendations and watch a couple of those shows because there were some really good shows last season. I believe you, and I would like to, but, uh, you know, living life in 2020. Uh, I, there's a, there's, it's funny that, uh, I actually, and this might segue into something that you want to talk about, but I watched Mother's Basement's video today on what shows are, what shows to watch for this current season. And he kind of, he leads it off with like my exact same thoughts of being like, wow, what a great time for just a bunch of mid anime. And I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> Some time to breathe. Like there's a couple good shows, but for the most part, nothing seems to be fucking amazing like it was last season. So I, I thought that was pretty ironic watching that and him echoing my thoughts exactly. I did watch, uh, I, I am two episodes into Odd Taxi currently, and it hasn't exactly grabbed me yet, but it is something I want to keep watching. See, that's kind of how I felt the whole time watching it, and then you get to the end, you're like, oh, that was, that was actually great. Like, once everything <laughs> concludes, you're like, wow, the whole way, th- like, you were just on the ride the whole way through, and then you get to the end, you're like, that was, that was a great ride. Wow, that was really good. Okay. At least that's what I thought. And uh, it certainly doesn't help that a bunch of stuff just dropped on Netflix that I also want to watch. Uh, Some of them being continuations of series that I've watched and really enjoyed. Such as uh, the back half of... Is it season one? Is it a whole complete series? I'm not sure. But like the next part of Lupin, which I really, really like. As well as a second season of I Think You Should Leave, which is a sketch comedy series that I really enjoy. and uh, As well as the second season of Beastars. Yeah, which just dropped, so I haven't started yet. And, and then uh, uh, that uh, short Resident Evil animated series. 
and the uh, bones in Studio Orange Godzilla show. <laughs> I w- I'll probably skip that one, but but yeah. There's so much shit that just dropped on Netflix that I'm like, kill me. Just kill me. I'm already backed <laughs> up on stuff. It, it's, at least at least it is a milder anime season, and most of the stuff is on Saturday and Sunday, which means I can during the week I can catch up on everything. But goddamn, the content just keeps rolling and does not show any signs of stopping anytime soon. Yeah. So speaking of Odd Taxi and content creation, uh, I wanted to get your opinion on something. Okay. Uh, like you had mentioned uh, in Mother's Basement's video for Chainsaw Man, where A, the title of the video is Chainsaw Man is underhyped, actually. Uh, you know, yay or nay, do you agree with that? I don't... For someone who hasn't finished the manga, I don't know. Um, I feel like the only people that are hyped for it are people who have finished it. And anyone else is just kind of like, yeah, it should be. It looks interesting. It might be good. Like I've seen almost zero hype about it. Um, so that's it. That's he might be right. Uh, because outside of the the diehard manga community, I, I I don't know. I have not seen a lot of hype on like this anime subreddits and all that. I feel like a comparison would be if. If like solo leveling got an anime adaptation announced, I feel like the hype behind that would be insane, and you'd be seeing that everywhere. But with Chainsaw Man, it it more feels as if yes, the anime's coming out, and people might jump on the train once it's out, but no one's really anticipating it the way you would another Attack on Titan season, which it's very. From a aesthetic, it has very similar vibes. I feel, um, just very violent. Uh, I don't nece- I wouldn't necessarily compare the art styles that much, but just an overly gory, violent but good story. Um, and you know, I mean, I don't think, I don't think Attack on Titan came out and people were like, "Whoa." I can't wait for this. It came out and then it exploded with everyone jumping on the hype train then. So it'll be very interesting to see. So to answer your question, I don't know if that's accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fine because the thing I actually want to talk about is uh, the description in that video reads, I won't say you'll never read a better book than Chainsaw Man, but only because Odd Taxi is getting a manga. And that feels weird to me. Like, I don't understand, like, the backwards engineering of an original anime into a manga. Can you help me understand? They do it because it will sell. Um, But from a, oh, I can't wait to see it in manga form. It will be, like, better. I don't understand that. But that could also come from how much I I'm not huge into the manga scene. I will watch or I will read a lot of the popular stuff. I know I'm pretty sure they did that with Persona Five as well, but that's a game. And 
I don't know who the audience is for making a manga after something else. I'm trying to think of another, any other original anime, because I know there are some that have then put out a manga adaptation. Yeah, but I think Great Pretender is actually also getting the same treatment. And that just seems like that's more tailor- tailoring to the Japanese audience who will much more enjoy reading manga than anyone in the West. That's just how I f- initially would feel on that because, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. And part of me feels like I should almost read Chainsaw Man before, finish reading Chainsaw Man before the anime comes out. But I don't know because I have, I I mean I don't generally agree to a very high degree. That was a weird choice of words. Uh, with uh, Mother's Basement's takes, I don't. My taste does not mesh with his on a at a high percentage. But he 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 likes to throw around certain things being like the greatest that I don't think are necessarily. Great, they're good, but not great. Um, but I don't know because I I haven't read it. So, are you are you looking more at in general anything getting a manga adaptation? Than... Yeah, literally, like what is the appeal of one visual media being transferred to a different visual media? Because I can understand novelizations. Uh, such as Quentin Tarantino recently released his novelization of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, The novel First Strike is a novelization of the first Halo game. Uh, A novel is an entirely different format than either of those things. It allows you to explore different perspectives and describe things in ways that the audience doesn't fully take in. But a manga or a comic book is essentially still a visual medium but pared down from the anime. Like, whether or not you think a manga is better or not than the anime, you can't argue that the anime doesn't have more to offer that you're just simply losing from a manga adaptation, is my feeling. I, w- I would agree. Uh, I-, I think the main, the main draw has to just be to people who prefer manga, and it's a way to make more money. Yeah, I because- I need to talk to somebody who wants this and thinks it's a good idea because I genuinely want to understand. I feel that because yeah, I I myself am in your same boat. I don't really get it. I don't. Because even thing as I a could- as a collector's item, like sure, maybe you want Odd Taxi on the shelf, but if its original form is an anime, then why not just want the Ultra Blu-ray on the shelf? You know, right. I has to, yeah, I just go to a chance to make more money off of it. But if um, someone's buying it, I need to talk to that person. Yeah. Well, d- send uh, send Mother's Basement a DM on Twitter, and maybe we can get him on the podcast to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good point. Boy, what happened to us, Hayden? I don't know. It's been a weird week, dude. Like I'm back from vacation, and I feel like the there was very little news that dropped. So we're kind of just like, oh, God. I mean, this is what I'm saying. If you just watched more anime, I could talk about this even more. 
But well, you know, if you watched Black Widow, then we could talk about that. Who's got time to go to a theater when I've been watching <laughs> Loki? Yeah, which I did catch up on. Uh, I did finish Loki, so I think uh, we're we're probably gonna talk some spoilers for that, right? Like that's. I fair think we to have say. to. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, all right, at the top, I think of the three Marvel shows we've had so far, uh, how do you rank them? What's your favorite? Oof. Can I don't so this is this is where my I might have a hot take. I only like what well one, if we're ranking the music in each show, uh Loki is at the top and it's not even fucking close because holy <laughs> fucking shit, the music in this show is so fucking amazing. I blow my blow blew my mind. Like it's the theme, all the just background songs and music it's playing 10 out of 10 probably higher if i could give it higher but um i i still think i have to put uh wandavision at the top but man i what loki did for where the movies are going to be going i think was huge and i really enjoyed it and now really want to watch uh uh, the new Doctor Strange movie because I feel like that was almost an immediate uh, opening for the Doctor Strange movie. Okay, so I'm gonna assume based on that the answer to my question is one division Loki than Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, I'm really good at not answering your question, <laughs> which I would agree. That's also the order I put it in. Uh, I have but, enjoyed one division more than Loki still. Not to say Loki's I, bad though. I I would have like. WandaVision at a 9 overall. I thought that was pretty damn good. And I have, like, Loki at, at I want to almost say 8, 8.5. Like, I think it's right below it. Although, I don't know. I say that, but, like, I hated episode 3. <laughs> it, it bored the shit out of me. Yeah, and so, then Falcon and Winter Soldier is just okay. Yeah. And, and I wonder, like, the fact that Loki is getting a season 2 at all, that surprised me. I I wasn't anticipating that. In fact, like, I, I'm pretty sure I said this on the podcast. When WandaVision was rolling out, I expressed that I thought it was dumb that people were expecting or assuming plot lines that could occur in a WandaVision season two. Because in its inception, WandaVision never seemed like a show to be serialized like that. Like, it was always going to be a one-and-done story to set up other things. And I kind of took that and assumed that would be the case for almost every series, except for maybe something like What If that could very easily have a season two or like She-Hulk that's going to be a crime procedural. Uh, Loki also really seemed like a one and done until I got to the point where I opened up the scrubber bar and it's like, oh, there's eight minutes left in this episode. How are they wrapping this up? And then they didn't. Yeah. And that yeah. kind of makes me curious if it's if it's actually going to have any effect on the movies. Like, to an extent, it certainly will. Because we know that, uh, obviously, Doctor Strange 2 is going to have some multiversal elements. The new Spider-Man is going to have some multiversal elements. Scarlet Witch is going to be involved in that. But also, the stakes and the concepts in Loki are so incredibly high level 
that yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if there's an eloquent way to do that that's not inside the vacuum of the show itself, you know? Yeah, that was, that was, so I, I guess, now, we haven't really done any yet, but spoilers going forward for Loki. Um, that was the one part I didn't really get. And why I don't really know why they would make such a big deal about how if they kill the dude, everything gets fucked and it and it would happen immediately, which I thought was very interesting that they basically are like, oh, yes, this isn't like it's going to lead to that. It's no, you immediately are going to go into a a universe where there's a bajillion different universes. I was like, whoa, that was wild. But to that point. Yeah, that if if it followed the plot line that it made you think it would, everything any other Marvel thing that comes out is the the universe is fucked. So, yeah, I I feel like they're gonna have to almost self-contain it to the Loki show in some way. Like I wonder in what way Doctor Strange is going to interact with this situation. And is this just going to be a subplot for a handful of movies that will culminate in Loki season two, I guess? And then maybe they'll wrap it up there and it'll be done. Because it it's incredible to me that in a six episode series, they already crafted stakes that are technically higher than Thanos. Yeah, I yes, that was one of the things because when they were when he was explaining the the options the two options that they had i was thinking okay but if cuz i thought genuinely i thought the loki's would take over which our loki wanted to do and i was like that would be very interesting i could see how they could do another tv show where it's just him and her you know being in charge of everything and and fixing blips that come up that i could see the plot of that I don't really see where the hell another, unless it's him, and this is this could actually just be what the plot ends up being is unless it's him fixing what she did, right? And, and to an extent, I'm sure it will be that, because like as as we saw with with WandaVision, they like to tease that the stakes are fucking huge, and then quickly go no 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 no, we we just made you want to think that everything could change. Right, yeah, because if they were really going full-on multiverse with it, like, that would have huge rippling effects for literally every single thing that comes out from here on for Marvel until that's wrapped up. And that's just not sustainable, especially when you're trying to do shows like uh, Miss Marvel that's super low stakes, probably, or uh, Ironheart, you know, the, the teen level stuff. It just, it, it kind of wouldn't make sense for there to be a multiversal conflict at the same time. And also, like, we don't have another Avengers or other similarly big team-up movie planned, but that really seems like the kind of thing they'd be building towards for that, right? You, you would think, because that was the one part, the one thing that kept coming into my mind when they kept explaining all the options and, like, what would happen if they kill him. And I just went, that's going to get so fucking confusing. This is for kids at the end of the day. Like, you got to be super careful when you go into either time travel or 
multiverse shit. And to, to the point you made, to me that means that in in Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, they're going to have to address it somehow and do it in a very approachable way. And how that is going to be at the end of the day, I don't know. But they they have, I mean, clearly they know, that they have the whole plan for this whole phase. They, they It's it's Marvel. They're not Star Warsing it and writing it as they go. Uh, But I, yeah, seeing exactly how they decide to traverse this essential essentially Pandora's box of fucking up any sort of coherent storyline going forward. I'm I'm in excited, scared, terrified to see what they do. Yeah, and it's it's especially interesting to me that you know, the the next movies we have coming out are Shang-Chi and The Eternals. And Marvel movies, you know, typically they're up to date. Their canon moves at the same pace our world does, typically. So, you know, Shang-Chi is going to be assumedly post-snap, post-blip happening in 2021. Eternals will be kind of all over the place, more of a prequel situation. Black Widow is obviously more of a prequel. But typically with movie releases, it's up to date. But neither of those movies coming out look like they have anything to do with multiverse stuff, and it's just about those characters. Spider-Man should still be coming out this year, and that will have some multiverse elements. But until then, we're kind of in the dark on what any of this means, unless it happens to trickle into those other two movies, and they've just done a really good job of keeping that under wraps. Well, and I think that's an important thing to note, too going along with what you just said, we don't actually know when Loki happens. Yeah, right, because he, of the nature of the show. And he has a line where he goes, I, I got here yesterday. Wait, I, I have no idea how long I've been here. I don't know how time works here. So they could, and that might be what they do, is play it off as like he was there for fucking ever in Earth time. And so you could get to whenever Doctor Strange happens, and that's when the Loki shit happens. Happened. And Doctor Strange is then going like, wait, what the hell? Oh my god. Yeah, but then also by the end of season two, or however many seasons this goes on, if the timeline is essentially fixed, and the order that was established prior is reset, then it's effectively as if nothing happened. Like, the goal for the show is for the show to have never existed. And so they could keep it in its own box if they wanted to, and it could have no repercussions whatsoever for the main series. Yeah. Because time travel is bullshit. Well, I did, because I was curious once I figured out that, um, oh God, what's his name? Who's the, the old guy? Owen Wilson. Once I figured out that, or remembered Owen Wilson's character's name of Mobius, I went and looked up Mobius, because, and then was kind of pissed off to realize that his name is Mobius Mobius, and I was like, <laughs> God, God damn it, Marvel, because um, I was very curious to see what role that character had. I'm always cautious in doing that because it could potentially spoil 
uh, plot lines that they could potentially develop. Um, and I mean, I don't. Do you care to know more about his background if you don't know already? No, yeah, I think it's fine. I, I think typically they kind of do their own thing anyway. That I don't mind knowing pieces of a story they might adapt. And and his thing isn't. He's nothing crazy. Like he ends up running the the whatever that organization was pretty much like which to me means they're gonna fix the timeline or fix the timeline to an extent there could still be pair or other universes um which i think would be interesting to keep like some of them not have it be just like infinite like they made it out to be at the end of loki but but have some sort of um Oh, like timekeepers, but between universes to where there are still some universal truths that have to happen, but there is some alternatives that can be allowed kind of thing. Because Mobius basically runs those that court that the one chick did when she fucks off. Right? She doesn't die at the end, right? The, the judge one? chick? Oh, yeah, I don't think so. Which her plot line was kind of odd, where she's just like, I'm going to go find, what was it, freedom? I don't know. There was there were some interesting subplots. I read and saw some headlines and read a little bit of some articles talking about how representative of Black Lives Matter the show was as well. And if you look at I, I, once I saw that and went, yeah, I could see how some of this is very... Um, like analogous of that but which is one thing i don't know if we want to dive into that the some of the deeper messaging and themes that are addressed and i think a not like subtle enough way to where i don't think it controls the whole narrative of the show but it's like oh representation matters that's kind of cool hmm yeah go ahead oh i don't know I was just gonna. I mean, they do the whole thing of uh, what would you? I don't know that what Loki is. I don't know what the term they've thrown around for it, and I don't want to be an offensive towards whatever orientation it is. Is he bi? I think I, I've just seen it as bisexual. Okay, I thought it was something else. Um, but I, that was interesting, and they, especially that <laughs> they do it. And then they have um, him date him, fall in love with himself, which I actually thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Even though they were opposite sex, it was like he still fell in love with himself. That's narcissistic as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of incredible how uh, endearing they made that relationship. And you kind of have to keep reminding yourself, no, this is just Loki kissing Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Very but like, funny. that's what I mean by they. They drop hints that like, oh yeah, Loki had relations. Uh, the the Loki we're used to had relationships with men and women, and and then also he just loves himself, even though himself is a woman in this case. And they 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 I thought it was very well done to you know be like, hey, representation of different stuff, you know, different strokes for different folks. But it wasn't like as in your face as what uh, Captain Marvel seemed to be like when it came out, where it was just like. Oh my God, woman hero! Here yeah, you go. No, for sure. And uh, and there's that kind of throwaway line in one of the early episodes when uh, Loki first meets Sylvie, and Loki's like, "I'm so hedonistic," and then Sylvie's like, "I'm way more hedonistic than you." And it's like, 
yeah, it's Loki. We as an audience could assume he's probably down to fuck anything that moves because that's kind of the character they've been building, but they wouldn't necessarily say that in a PG-13 setting, but then they did. Yeah. Yeah, I... There's some other things about it that I... Oh, I loved... I loved all the different Lokis. That might have been my favorite episode. I think that was episode four? Or is that episode five? Uh, it was... Uh, I think there was a little bit in four, but it was mostly five and six. That that was great. The scene with the alligator biting off the arm, or biting off the hand of another Loki, I thought was hilarious. Um, And that was... I guess that's another thing that I I did see. It might have been an IGN article or headline. I didn't read the whole thing, but uh, it was basically talking about how it is uh, the time to be a magic user in Marvel with uh, Scarlet Witch, Loki, Doctor Strange soon here. Uh, they're, They're fleshing out the magic characters, which we had not had done yet and it is a welcome different angle i think to the stereotypical superhero ness or meta that we're usually spoon-fed yeah cosmic and mystic sides of marvel were only kind of teased at in the first decade until it culminated in a cosmic battle for the ending And so now that that's done and they've got more money and they've got more fans, they're really kind of going buck wild with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And uh, I mean, I'm here for it because I I'm not exactly sold on Eternals yet, but I'm sure I will be because it's Marvel. (laughs) Yeah, that I mean, that's the thing. And we just I feel like we keep saying that is that. Every time, like, I haven't seen Black Widow yet, and as we described when we did the Marvel movie tier list, I mean, there's a lot of the movies that I haven't seen, mostly because I I would call myself more of, I I was more of a casual Marvel franchise uh, viewer. I like it all, but if a movie didn't look interesting to me or enough for me to go spend money to see it in theaters, I probably would just pass on it or wait till it comes on video and that's kind of how black widow is for me i don't know if you i mean if if you thought it was amazing i'll go see it but i could easily pass on it but i'll do it for the content you know because i'm a little (laughs) sellout (laughs) um but yeah they just find a way to make everything interesting even if on face value it's not necessarily a character or a setting that you think would be that interesting. And then you watch it and go, fuck, that was awesome. Yeah. And I think it's, it's kind of funny that Marvel has kind of shifted their own narrative of the quintessential bad Marvel movie, because like, uh, until Captain Marvel, more or less, uh, Thor, the dark world was widely considered the worst Marvel movie. Uh, and I'm sure in some circles it still is, but I think it's funny that, over the course of Thor Ragnarok, Infinity War, Endgame, and even now Loki, they've ended up making that movie a very important piece of all these guys' character arcs, which makes sense because some important stuff happened in that movie. 
but now, like, especially with Black Widow being a legitimately good movie, uh, the vitriol has kind of shifted more to Captain Marvel for being a boring by the numbers Marvel movie with just a splash of misogyny in there too. Yeah, I mean, it it's not really fair to Captain Marvel that uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't get made into a movie because it would have been right up there, in my opinion, as just being like, I, I, the the show Falcon and Winter Soldier is Captain Marvel the movie to me. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't do anything where you're like, wow, I'm glad I saw this. I mean, other because Captain Marvel really just introduces the character. Right? Was there anything universe or worldwide that was introduced at the end of that one? I thought there was uh, with the fact that, like, if you touch something, you could get magical powers. Was that, did well, that happen? The, the introduction of the scrolls, I would say, is probably the most important thing, and that hasn't yes. been explored yet, but they are building to it. Okay. So the, it, Captain Marvel will get its Dark World moment. That's a weird <laughs> thing to oh, say yeah. but now, that'll probably be around the time the nick fury uh secret wars series comes out yeah because i mean they've already they're already hinting that the scrolls are gonna be more important and i think that will put more uh gravitas behind what they do in captain marvel or at the very least, you know, they also have Miss Marvel coming up, which will tie directly into Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is getting a sequel as well. So I'm sure in the rear view, it might still be kind of a whatever movie. It'll always be near the bottom. But yeah, in, in a similar way, people might just forget to hate it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't <laughs> trust the internet on that one. But yeah, uh, no, for sure. Please, please inform an uninformed. What's the difference between Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel? Uh, so Miss Marvel is uh, like a high schooler, and uh, oh, no. I think she's just a really big fan of Captain Marvel and all of the Avengers oh, no. to the point of writing fan fiction about them. Uh, I think she gets powers somehow and then tries to be a teenage vigilante. I I don't know that much about Miss Marvel, but they are distinct, different characters. I knew that, but if what you said is accurate in the character just background, I hate her already. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, for noteworthy's sake, uh, going to be Marvel's first Middle Eastern female lead. Oh. Yeah. Well, now I look like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I My hope for the Miss Marvel series is that it will have the aesthetic of essentially Lizzie McGuire in a Marvel universe. Like, really, really flex those muscles they showed off at the beginning of the last Spider-Man movie when they had uh, the <laughs> the school's presentation on the blip. You didn't see Far From Home, did you? Uh-uh. God damn it. All right. <laughs> There's a very funny segment at the beginning of Far From Home where they do morning announcements produced by the students at the high school, and it's got footage of people reappearing after the blip. And oh, uh, just the whole aesthetic of their morning announcements is so goddamn funny. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, very nostalgic as well. Because we, we came from a high school that had daily uh, video televised morning announcements. And uh, it's kind of that cranked up to 11. Hell yeah. Well, now I got to watch that movie for just for that. 
So I, I hope they take that and roll with it for these teen series they've got going. And uh, speaking of casting as well, to bring it back to Loki, um, I fucking love Owen Wilson. Okay, I'm going to be honest. There's one part in the... I don't know which episode it is where I'm like, the, Owen Wilson had to have put this in his contract to where he does his stereotypical whisper and talk really quietly scene. <laughs> I don't, you have to remember that, right? Like, I, I was watching that. specifically, but I believe you. I was watching that scene going like, he wrote this in his fucking contract. There was no way he was going to do a Marvel thing and not get a chance to do his stereotypical scene where he's just <laughs> whispering and you can barely hear what the fuck he's saying and what made that scene so great was that the other character which i think was the judge chick was just like talking like a normal person (laughs) next to him just whispering and i'm like okay that's great that's you you're self-aware and as someone who's seen enough owen wilson stuff i love it yeah and i i like that uh you know for the most part when it comes to marvel leads they they have strayed away from casting big names like Owen Wilson, for instance. Like, uh, Owen Wilson's not a huge property these days, but he was a comedy juggernaut at the height of his powers, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, they casted Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth as leads for their entire series, and they made them into movie stars. But now... Uh, we're seeing some bigger names be cast in smaller parts such as Owen Wilson as Mobius, uh, and my personal favorite, Tara Strong, voicing Miss Minutes. Oh, that's who that was? Yeah. Oh, that was great. Like, like even... Like, it's going to get to the point where Marvel is going to be so big and so broad that almost every actor you could name is going to have some kind of part in a Marvel movie. Because even Tara Strong, who is not an actress on screen, but is rather one of, if not the most prolific voice actress in animated entertainment, now she even has a role in a Marvel property. That's fucking insane to me. Yeah. Yeah, and part of me feels like the we should know who they cast as the older Loki, but I don't. Because that might be another instance. Do you know who that was? I do not know. Was there, was there anybody else? Yeah, but but yeah, to your point. And who who plays um the witch in in Scarlet? Oh yeah, I was trying to figure that out because I, I definitely knew her comedian name at the actress. Time. Yeah, um, Catherine Hahn, was it? Oh God, I don't remember. Look it up. Uh, I can't. Yeah, search Catherine my Hahn. Setup. I had it right. Yeah, okay. it, Catherine Hahn, and yeah, yeah, she she's fantastic. And now we have Julia Louis Dreyfus as the Countess. Fucking oh wonderful. yeah, she. I was about to say, when it comes to the movies, the biggest named person, the last two like big names they've gotten. I would say was Benedict Cumberbatch because that I thought that was crazy that he was going to be in Marvel, and then yeah. they got Chris Pratt, and that's like oh that just makes sense, right? And Get, uh, Florence Pugh being cast as yeah uh, uh, Yelena, you know essentially the new Black Widow, like again a relatively up and coming actress that doesn't have too much like prolific works just kind of getting her start and now she's being thrust 
basically to the forefront of the Marvel properties, sticking to the making stars rather than getting stars, right? That's what makes it very interesting to me that Chris Evans was like, I don't want to just be Captain America. Bye. Yeah. I mean, but he at least also, got to finish an arc. Yeah. It also makes sense, because I think that came out recently, uh, Marvel saying, we are no longer going to sign actors and actresses to contracts. It will be a on a like basically a project by project basis of of having people on. So that way, which is interesting because that means if that that could open the door for recap, kind of like what they did at the end of phase one or during phase one, where like if it wasn't a great fit, they would recast you. There's also the possibility for that to happen as well. We could be back because they haven't really recast anybody since. Avengers right I don't think so it'll be yeah it'll definitely be interesting interesting to see where the casting goes as we as we move on because I mean it's I mean fucking Aquafina's in a goddamn Marvel movie right <laughs> yeah. she's in she's in the new one I, I can't remember its name and I don't want to sound stupid Shang-Chi so. Shang-Chi she's in that which I'm like yeah fuck why not yeah, and uh, by the way, I like, say that I'm a big Aquafina fan, so that is not a diss. You uh, you really should watch Black Widow because it is very good. I think it's upper half of Marvel movies at this point. Uh, Shit. And uh, Florence Pugh is an absolute delight on screen. I've heard she's amazing. In she it. is so goddamn funny, and uh, I I'm very excited to see her in more properties going forward. Because uh, boy, whoever they got on uh, on the casting director and everyone under them at Marvel, they're they're doing a bang up job. <laughs> not to not to tangent too far, but I feel like we have to talk about the uh, the what if trailer that dropped. Yeah, recently, I'm super that thing excited was for awesome. What if. I man, I I didn't think. I mean, again, I just didn't have any expectations for it. I, I was kind of excited to see it, but, you know, had no idea what it was going to be. And then that trailer came out and went, oh, I'm fucking excited as hell for this now. I, I'm actually ha- have some anticipation for this to finally come out. Yeah, my only gripe with What If is I'm afraid that most of the stories they're telling are very simply, what if this guy was this hero instead? Sprinkled in with some more interesting ones like Marvel Zombies. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. There, but that's why I see. I, I I can get you thinking that, but based off what we've previously said about expectations for stuff going in, you know they're gonna throw a curveball at us. Yeah, and I'm sure even if it is that, I'm sure I'll still like it. They'll find a way to make it more interesting than my boiled down take. But it's it's something I worry about. But I we don't have that on, much longer to wait for that one. Yeah, I know. I saw something, and to that point, I saw something on Twitter. I can't remember who tweeted it, but they. They it was a screenshot and it was the the tweet itself said something along the lines of within the next you know twelve months here's everything coming out from Marvel and or maybe it was eighteen months and I I know we've talked about it but Jesus yeah it they I I bet a lot of it is because of COVID but we're about to get so much Marvel content. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, Cause even just off the top of my head for the rest of this year, we've got three movies and two series coming out. Yeah. 
That's so, that's so much content. Because we've got uh, What If next month and Hawkeye at some point before the end of the year. Keep those uh, Disney Plus subscriptions a-rolling. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I think that's enough Marvel talk for this week. Uh, I do want to talk about what I think uh, was a pretty big announcement from the last week, and that's uh, Steam and therefore Valve announced a console again? Yeah. And it looks just like a Switch. <laughs> yeah. Um, The fucking balls on Valve to announce what is essentially a PC in Switch form. Like, I think literally hours before sales for the new model of the Switch started. Well, the the greatest part to me is, like, everyone wanted, like, a Switch Pro that was much more powerful, could, like, had a much better screen. Uh, It ran the games better. And And then it was like, hey, here's a lateral adjustment. That's just a smidge better. I said, just a teeny bit bigger. And then Valve comes in and is like, hey, here's what you all actually wanted. We'll do it. Yeah, and uh, not like, like it's a pretty competitive price too for what it is. Like, I I don't know specifically the specs of the Steam Deck off the top of my head, but, you know, at that point, it's kind of like, if you want a Steam Deck, then suddenly your Switch is relegated again to the Nintendo machine. That, like, it's the console that is the only place you're going to be able to play first-party Nintendo titles. And if you really want to play Hades on the go, you have a better option now. Yeah. Which is so funny, because as, as I've, I believe I've said here and to you, I just, you know, live vicariously through streamers. And so I've been watching a lot of Hassan Piker. And he recently got a Switch, I think, or at least recently started playing it. And his comment has been, the Switch has changed my life when it comes to games because it's super portable and easy for him to play. I don't know why he likes to stream games on Switch over other stuff, but he does. But I'm just kind of like, yeah, well, you know, he plays mostly games you would normally play on Steam, not Nintendo exclusives. So it's like, it was almost like this is made for him, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, and as much as I would like a Steam Deck in theory, I feel like since I graduated college, I don't have any use for mobile or portable gaming whatsoever. Like, being in America and uh, therefore not having the infrastructure for good public transportation and... Uh, well, living where we do. Sure, yeah. I mean, in, in some I just got back instances. from D.C., dude. Okay. Great metro system. In the majority of the United States, our public transportation system is crippled by lobbying from big auto. But that yeah, means that, uh, you know, I, I go to work and then I come home and I play video games at home. And it's like, why wouldn't I play it on the big screen or on my computer? So, like, I, I don't think I have ever played my Switch undocked since I graduated college. And that's certainly just a me thing. And I'm not trying to say that to like reduce the value of a steam deck because i still think it's very cool i just wish i wanted it more yeah well i mean i view it the same way what was was the controller thing that they put out an actual console uh you mean just like the steam controller yeah well i think nathan had it too they they had that like you can stream games from your PC onto your big screen through this console thingy. 
Yeah, that was different. That was a Steam box. But okay. yeah, yeah. So that's why I said kind of like this is just a essentially a, a new PC ish peripheral from Valve. But uh, yeah, I think the 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 Steam box is primarily a game streaming thing, and this is actually more of a handheld PC. How I was gonna say, have they? I haven't actually <laughs> looked at any of the specs and how it works. Is it? It do you download games to it, or is it like that old thing where you're just like streaming games from your computer or your stream library? Yeah, I library? I believe uh, you download games to it because it's got a pretty beefy hard drive in there. Damn. Well, that must be why it's so freaking dick compared to the <laughs> Switch. Yeah. In fact, let me let me go ahead and look up uh, Steam Deck specs and see if I can tell you how big the hard drive is. Uh, yeah, it's got to so be at least five hundred gigs. Their their lowest priced offering for the Steam Deck, which is at four hundred dollars, which is a hundred dollars more than getting a new Switch. It's only sixty four gigabytes. Oh, yeah. Their their highest priced at six fifty is five hundred and twelve gigabytes. And you know, for PC games, I think the like the middle one, five thirty for two hundred and fifty six gigabytes. I don't think that's bad for like specifically a console where you're not fighting for space for anything else other than your games, unless you're downloading Call of Duty. Yeah, or, or something Halo, similar. Master Chief Collection. Yeah, something that for no reason takes up a hundred gigabytes. Otherwise, something like Hades is like fucking two gigabytes. Well, yeah, I, and I think a lot of it's going to be, you're going to be downloading, and I would assume, narrative-based games, which, to the 60-whatever, most of, like, the high end of those now is, like, 60 gigs of just standard, like, story-based, potentially shooters, but not, like, the huge open-world games. Those get bigger. But your standard game size is around 60 gigs now, so you could download one game to take for your flight. And play it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And it should also be noted that uh, it's not just an increase in size, but also the higher priced options uh, have uh, upgraded speeds, essentially, because the, the highest version is an NVMe SSD of 512 gigabytes, whereas the lowest model is just an embedded multimedia card. Um, oh. But all versions will also let you use an SD card for external storage which was something that nintendo had to update the switch for later interesting so none of them have like an m.2 drive well nvme is better it is oh fuck fuck me at least i think if i'm not a dumb stupid idiot but see that's interesting because you know you can get a terabyte m.2 drive for Depending on when they're on sale, eighty bucks. Which, and they're those things are tiny because I have one in my PC. Uh, you could fit that sucker in what I'm looking at up for the picture <laughs> for it. So, unless that would make the price way higher, which is probably what it would be. Um, I don't know why we aren't seeing more of those in something like this. But I know nothing about the engineering that goes into consoles or portable devices like this. So I will um, not say anything further as to not look like a complete dumbass. 
Right. And and just as another like note on the uh why it's so expensive, it does also come packed in with sixteen gigs of RAM. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's um, where most of the space is going to. <laughs> the CPU is an AMD Zen 2, which is four cores and eight threads. Okay. Uh, I'm not super hip on AMD, so I don't know like how new of a model that is. Zen and, uh, 2. Uh, Ryzen 2. I don't know if that's 5600 model or, or not, because I'm, I'm newly into AMD. If that's the new shit, then that's great, and it probably is the new shit. Um, that shit's fast as hell, so yay. Yeah, so I but think it'll, it'll again. Be I could be cool. wrong. Again, I I, I like wish I wanted it more. I wish I had yeah. four hundred dollars just to throw at something to be like, yeah, maybe I want to play Hades while I'm in bed instead. Bro, we got to get a PS5 first. What are you talking about buying a portable <laughs> console? No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Once, uh, once our living situation evens out, that's gonna be we get, we gotta buy a couch, and then we can go in on a PS Five together. What are you talking about? The futon's fine. No, no, it is not. Uh oh, I refuse. I will have a couch. Not Chris is not a fan of the futon. Look, futon's fine as a utility. Futon is not fine as the centerpiece of a living room. Fair. Can I can I get some retweets on that? I'll take any reaction to that. So <laughs> go follow the Twitter, you cowards. Yeah. So on that note, uh, unless you've got any other opinions on the Steam Deck, nope. All right. Well, uh, which uh, we we haven't talked in like two weeks. It feels like because you've been on vacation, which is why uh, we did the the anime thing last week. So what, what what's up? What you been doing? Um, well, pre, uh, pre-vacation, I was just playing a lot of Master, I've been getting back into Master Chief Collection, don't know why, but, uh, I miss it. I also realized that, um, there's just something about me playing Halo that scratches that bad itch that makes me just infuriated <laughs> when I play it, and I'm kind of, to an extent, I'm kind of glad to know that it wasn't just me playing a game in middle school and just being in a emotional state where I was easily angered. That no, there's just something innate about it that pisses me off when I don't play well or stupid shit happens to me. I don't. I'm not proud of it, but it's very interesting to see that I was like, oh no, this is I, this is exactly how I felt ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, one thing, one thing else to note: the they hint uh, Apex has hinted their new. Their next character. Um, so that's exciting. I think that announcement comes on Thursday. It comes in three days. Is that Thursday? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been playing a lot of Apex and been just, you know, I finished last anime season and jumping into the new one and seeing all these new Netflix shows I also have to watch. So, you know, it's still a stressful time to be consuming content i don't think it ever will not be but on the bright side the world's basically coming to an end right before our eyes and no one seems to really give a shit so you know what i'm gonna enjoy these last few years of somewhat normalcy as i can until everything turns into an apocalyptic movie that's hard i hear for a content consumer 
it's <laughs> it's just like <laughs> uh the I've as I've said I've I'm obsessed with Bo Burnham's special um and every day that goes by the the credit song of it'll stop any day now just becomes more <laughs> and more relevant yeah did you uh did you feel any sense of hope or even patriotism as you were traipsing about Washington DC hope no um patriotism also no i mean it's a bunch of mon- for the most part monuments to awful white men <laughs> <laughs> but um i i last time i went they didn't have the mlk monument done so i got to see that that was really cool that's one of the coolest monuments i would say in dc um and then uh, the fdr memorial is also really cool but yeah you know we're uh, we're fucked and that's how I've been doing. What a, Constantly thinking about that. What a delightful, <laughs> uplifting note to end our Marvel video game podcast on. Yeah, you know, got to keep them guessing how we're going to end. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week on Healthy Obsession. Uh, if you want more existential <laughs> distress, uh, follow us on Twitter at Obsession underscore pod. Uh, and uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. If you're listening literally anywhere else and you think a friend would enjoy us, then tell them to look us up and give us a listen. And, hashtag uh, free Britney. <laughs> hashtag free Britney. <laughs> and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>